Hi, welcome to the Get Strong and Healthy podcast. My name is Anna Clow. Thank you for being here. Today, we have an exciting guest joining us, my friend, Jameson. Jameson is a fitness coach, content creator, and model. I met Jameson at an event a couple months ago, and he was the nicest, most down-to-earth person at that event. It was it was really nice to meet you there. And he's he's the kind of friend who at lunch tells me that I had something on my face. I was like, thank you, Jameson. Always <laughs> so, gotta look out for you. <laughs> you are a real one. And it's been, you know, good to connect with you since then on Instagram. And we just have seemingly very similar values when it comes to coaching, when it comes to the health and fitness industry. And I'm excited to dive into a conversation today around, you know, some, some of the coaching world stuff and, and yeah. So if you want to introduce yourself, anything else you want to add, and we can kind of dive in from there. Nothing really else to say besides I am also a full-time dog dad as well. She's over here looking all cute, sleeping on the couch. She, I may have tossed and turned all night. So maybe I kept her up. I'm not sure, but thank you so much for being here, for having me here. I genuinely appreciate it. That was, you had an energy. The reason why I went up to you in the first place, obviously, and talked to you was you had like an energy, a very welcoming energy. And so you've always carried that even through your content that I see on a daily basis. And so you are a lovely human being. I genuinely appreciate appreciate you having me here. I'm so excited to be able to talk to you. And I know that you're making incredible impacts in this industry. So I can't wait to hear about it. Oh, thank you so much, Jameson. Back of at course. You. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, so let's kind of dive in. We were, we were brainstorming a little bit what we wanted to talk about today. And something that came up for both of us was the amount of misinformation and kind of BS slash corruption in this industry, in the health and fitness world. And we think this is a really important topic to shed light on. And so let's dive into this a little bit. Like what comes up most for you when, when just being in this industry and some frustrations for you? You know, I think that a lot of, I think a lot of the misinformation comes around, I think the consumption of like food in general, right? Like, I think that there are so many people in this industry, which wonderful on them there are a lot of competitors, right? Which is great. And I think that's amazing sport to be in for them, but it's not for everybody. And I think it's really tainted the industry of, you know, an everyday human being and how they feel like they should eat. I mean, the amount of people that I know now that eat like one or two meals a day, maybe drives me insane, scares me so much, you know, like in the term intermittent fasting, it's thrown around so, so often. And I don't even think people know the reason why they do it or what it really is. I think that there's a lot of times where I see people that are just trying to create content because you have to, you have to remember that this is like an entertainment industry. It's not, you know, if it was a high value and authentic industry, not a lot of people would watch it. And that's just real, right? Like it has to be about the entertainment. It has to be about like what catches your eye. It has to be about the thumbnail, you know, all of those things to catch you, to be able to watch it. And then it's a different, a whole different video. You know, we're all guilty of being, you know, falling victim to that. And so you see these people who are self-proclaimed, you know, nutritionists and coaches that are going into grocery stores and picking up items and be like, look at these ingredients. You shouldn't eat these ingredients. And it's like, and it it's the dumbest thing in the world. Like it's, they're picking up a box of, you know, brownies and being like, you should not, who 
yeah, probably shouldn't eat a whole box of brownies. You're right. Congratulations. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, but it doesn't mean that you can't ever eat them. Right. Like, I think that that's the thing is people, people think that they have to cut out everything in the world. And then the, the worst one is carbs. Everybody is so scared of carbs and it's the craziest thing in the world. Right. Like, cause that's what our body runs off of, you know, like a lot of, especially like males are predominantly carb burning, carb burning specimen like that's you know and then depending on females estrogen levels you know you burn a lot of fats while you're in the gym but it's uh, for the most part like you need you need carbohydrates to survive and you don't want to look emaciated all the time right like nobody does and it, you feel like shit too i think that doesn't get caught that doesn't that does not get talked about enough is like you don't feel good yeah you know? Yeah, like people are chronically under eating and thinking that they need to do that like forever. And then what we see is this cascade of negative health impacts that come from that and not just physically, but also mentally, like the, the, the perception that you need to just restrict, restrict, it creates this stress with food. And then people go down this dark spiral and I've been there where it yeah. leads to binge eating. And then, you know, you go down the rabbit hole of, of wellness and then, oh, every single thing is bad now. Every ingredient is bad. What do I do? And it's like, what is what does it leave you with? It leaves you with nothing. And yeah. what you mentioned, the people in the grocery store, those are my favorite people to pick on when they're like yeah. eating at the specific like foods, don't eat this. Like you sound yeah. like a moron. Yeah. Is, you know, just like you're saying, we don't have to, necessarily cut things out, right? Cut things out that you don't like, that you know don't serve your body well. But also if you really want to have something that's maybe a little bit more indulgent, you know, we can absolutely incorporate that and still make progress towards a healthier, fitter you. Yeah. Well, and I don't think people really grasp the concept or understand the concept that as a byproduct of being healthy, you're going to look good. Like, think about it that way. If you decide to treat your body with respect and you eat the things that respect your body, you eat the things that are good for your body to be able to function at a proper level, you're going to look good as a byproduct, right? Like that's, that's simple. That's easy. Uh, but people want to look at the aesthetics before they look at the health. And that's the problem as people are going for an aesthetic over being healthy and looking at it as if, you know, and granted being healthy is not sexy to people. Like if I were to, if I were to come, you know, if somebody were to come to one of my consultations and be like, you know, how long is this going to take for me to achieve this goal? And I told them two or three years, like realistically, that's not sexy. They'd be like, mm, kick rocks, bud. Yeah. I'm going to go find somebody that'll promise me in six months and it won't happen. Yeah. You know? And so it's not sexy, but it's realistic. And that's the hardest thing to combat is the realistic side of it, right? Like people, people don't want it to be realistic or they want to make, make it feel like it could possibly be realistic to do it in that short amount of time. And it's, it's, it's just not, it's not realistic. And so they've got to stop focusing on, or I really hope people stop focusing on just an aesthetic because it's, it's a losing game. Yeah. Yeah. And and once I you hit that goal, it's, it's, it, you're just going to have another goal. Exactly. Once you get there, it's like, okay, what now? And something I, I've noticed about the industry and myself personally is there was a bit of time where an aesthetic goal was, you know, it was everything and it was fun. And there's some people who they can make that their, their main thing all the time. Okay, great. Yeah. I found that for most people, our values lie in 
if you really dive into your core values, right? Feeling good, being healthy, right? Maybe moving well, being able to be mobile and, you know, be strong for, for an extended period of time. And personally, I've found that looking at aesthetics in that way of like, they are a nice byproduct from me prioritizing my health, from me putting that first and also performance too. I kind of look at that as well as like aesthetics are a cool byproduct of, you know, me focusing on my performance goals. And for me, my mental health, that has been a really beneficial thing. I still do have phases where I'm like, all right, I want to pursue a bit of an aesthetic goal, but it's when we make that like the number one, like only, you know, priority that I, I find there can be a little bit of that like emptiness. Yeah. You'd be, I mean, I think that you'd be lying if you said that part of it wasn't about aesthetics. We all want to look good. Like yeah. that is that as a human, you live one lifetime. Why wouldn't you want to look sexy? You know, like realistically, but if you make that again, like you said, if you make that your number one goal, it's going to be a losing game time and time again, because there's always going to be something out of reach. There's always going to be, you know, I could have one more ab. I could have, you know, the legs that she has. I could have the ass that she has. I could have, you know, the shoulders. Oh my God, my shoulders are too big. I want them now to be smaller. I want that. And there, it's just, it's a never ending. It's an unsatisfied, it's a misrepresented game. You know, it's not, it's not something that's sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And when your aesthetics like come at the cost of your health too, or the cost of your performance, right. That can kind of be a slippery slope too. So kind of like getting clear on what is your number one priority with clients. We like to teach on the triangle of awareness mm -hmm. where one point of it is aesthetics. One point is longevity. So like health, the other is performance and kind of wherever you are on that triangle, the other two points are going to kind of, you know, have to suffer a little bit because, you know, when you think of the extremes, for example, a bodybuilder isn't very healthy, nor yeah. do they perform well, right? Yeah. Someone who's elite performer. I think that's something to pause on for a second. Bodybuilders are not healthy. I need yeah. you guys, I, people should understand that bodybuilders. That's not a health, like being that low of body fat is not healthy for your body to properly function, taking it down to basic science, it is not healthy. I'm sorry, yeah. continue, but that is no. just not, people don't understand that. Period. Yeah. That is a really, really good point. And something that is unfortunately like not always common sense when you see these shredded people on the internet, it's like, oh, I want to look like them or, oh, they have some credibility. It's like, <laughs> please don't look at people's credibility from their body alone. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so kind of the triangle of awareness is like perform if you're an elite performer, your aesthetics and maybe your health, definitely your health are probably suffering a little bit. And then on the flip side, if health is number one, maybe you're not the most shredded and you're probably not the most, you know, elite athlete. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, getting clear on like, where, where's your top priority and like knowing, all right, I'm going to pursue performance right now. And so I'm in a season of this. And so I'm going to be okay with, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I am looking a little bit inflamed some days, maybe, you know, whatever, because I am really pushing for a hard goal here. And so just being aware that we can't always like have optimal everything all the time. Like I know many of us want, like for me, I'm like, I just want it all. Yeah. But it's it's hard, but it's it's really good to be able to manage your expectations in that way and know that like we can't do everything all at once in an optimal fashion. 
Yeah, 100%. And nobody wants to go through the uncomfortable seasons of growing. Nobody wants to go into the, like, if you really want to build muscle and it's sustainable and it stays there, you know, it doesn't just leave as soon as you try and cut weight back. It takes a good amount of time, a very good amount of time. And it takes some very uncomfortable seasons in your life. Like, you know, that, that means putting on some extra weight and it's okay. Like, that's, you know, depending on how long you want to run that, that could be six months of your life. That could be a year of your life. Like that, that could be a year and a half of your life. If you really want to, you know, it, it looks different for everybody, but even think about like, and you're okay. Let's say we have what 40, 50 years, 60 years left. Okay. in this lifetime. Okay. Let's say we have 60 years. That's a year out of 60. You'll be okay. Yeah. it'll be it'll be great you know what like that's if if you plan to live this entire life out and you know nothing horrible happens which what we hope to god nothing horrible happens then you'll be fine a year will be okay six months will be okay but it takes uncomfortable seasons to reach realistic goals yeah and you have to give yourself a time horizon that allows you and gives you the freedom to be okay with fumbling a couple times with failing a couple times failing a couple times you know as a lot of people a lot of people like to throw that word around but like i've never been a big fan because you can't fail if you don't stop like that's it you can't fail if you don't stop so like you you may have some bumps in the road but that's you got to give a long a long enough time horizon for that to be a thing yeah and that's such a great like point is the is there's a lot of fear around going through a growing season or some people call it like bulking or, you know, mm-hmm. gaining phase mm-hmm. so much fear around, Oh my gosh, what do you mean? I need to eat more. I need to, you know, do what, like, I'm not going to be as shredded for a little bit. Like I'm going to see the scale go up. What do you mean? Oh, uh, the scale sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But just like you're saying, like, it's so, it can be so worth it to go through phases like that. I've gone through plenty and like, I'm, you know, some days I'm like, I don't really love how I look right now. Yeah. Uh, but then in the long run, I'm like, I look in hindsight, like thing I did, you know, I really did progress my physique. I, I, you know, I have more muscle, I have more strength and now I'm able to reveal that a little bit. And, and yeah. Where do you think the are you able to, whenever you do see that? So like, for instance, if you do go through a growing season, okay. Or a bulking season, first off, I always obviously tell people to take their progress pictures. I always really highly encourage that because that's a really good measurement and like how you see yourself and how you can see that you've really progressed. Because like, if you take that six months ago and you don't look back at it until, you know, six months later, there's a big difference. I promise you, even if you've like taken a couple steps, there's a big difference. I promise you, you know? And so how do you find six or how do you find success in like the acceptance of, you know, where you are at that time, say for instance, if you're like, I wanted to put, or I want to put more muscle on. Okay. And so you go through this season of putting muscle on and then you cut back down and you look back at what you looked like six months ago and you look completely different how do you find acceptance in that and not being like, well, I could have done better. Well, I, you know, well, I want more. Well, I, you know, why do my legs not look like this? Why, like, where do you find acceptance in that? How do you, how do you self, how do you yourself personally find acceptance in that? What a great question. Cause I I totally have the brain spirals that come up for me. Like the thoughts that come in of like, 
well, what if I could have done this better? Or, you know, dang, like my legs are looking pretty small today or, you know, whatever it is. And what I really have found success with is viewing those thoughts as just thoughts and not so closely identifying with them. I really, I try and do this with all of my thoughts is like, Hey, like I'm having this thought, but that's not necessarily me. I choose which thoughts I want to assign meaning to what I want to believe about them. And so I'll kind of, you know, it'll come up for me and I'll, maybe I'll simmer with the thought. And a lot of the time I'll, I'll kind of, I'll do this thing where I call it like comebacks. So this is something I talk about with clients is like when you have that negative thought or belief coming up is like, what's a comeback you want to say to that? Like, what do you, what do you actually want to make this mean? And so if I have like, Hey, let's say, you know, your quads have gotten smaller today is, is the thought that comes up in my brain. I'm like, okay, first off, is that true? I go, eh, probably not. I probably just haven't hit legs really good in the past week. And so I'm feeling a little bit flat. I'll be fine. (laughs) Or I'll be like, Hey, like, you know, uh, yeah, I've had a season of maybe, maybe my lifts haven't been my top priority. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And so just kind of like logically going through it a bit after that big emotion comes up can really help me just like center myself, practice that neutrality, that kind of objective view of it, and then decide, you know, does this mean anything different for what I want to do moving forward? Do I want to maybe, you know, go into a, into a phase of like growing my legs or am I going to be like, yeah, you know, I'm good with where I'm at. I actually feel good. I'm just kind of, it was just a thought that came up. Yeah. Okay. I love that. That's wonderful. I, it sounds like a lot of logic to you. It sounds like a lot of like really letting logic play into it of like, Hey, listen, if I haven't hit legs in the last week, I'm probably going to look flat. Like that's, that's just reality, you know? That's, or maybe again, like the logic is, and the reality is the acceptance of, Hey, my, my lifts haven't been priority. That's okay. Like that, that is okay. That you don't have to be in a season. You don't have to be in a phase all of the time. You can also be maintaining and be just fine. And also like surprise, you're still going to build muscle even when you're maintaining, right? Like that's what people don't understand. You have to be in these extreme seasons all the time. You don't. You don't have to like at all. You, you, you can, you can just be getting by because maybe it's a harder time for you mentally and you're, you know, maybe somebody in your family passed away, unfortunately, that you weren't expecting. And now your dog is sick and now you just got laid. Like there, there's so many unexpected things that could happen. It doesn't mean you have to like, let this thing go. It doesn't mean you have to stop going to the gym. It means you go into a period of just surviving and that's okay. That's part of being a human. You sometimes just go into survival mode. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Like, you know, just even hearing you speak that is like cool permission for me. Cause you know, sometimes when you're so close to yourself, it's yeah. hard to sometimes be that objective and January, you know, I was like, all right, like I want to dive into this, you know, cutting phase and a lot of life things happened and mm-hmm. you know, that kind of like changed a little bit. And so I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, all right, like, let's try this again. And like, it's okay. And it's normal to, you know, to not always be like, all right, you know, this season, I'm going to do this like perfectly and execute it. It's like, sometimes we have to be able to adjust and be flexible. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, I think it's the hardest thing to combat when people are, when people 
do have things unfortunate happen to them. That's uh, the hardest thing for you and I to combat of like, Hey, this doesn't have to be the first thing to go. I just want you to be aware of that. Your health is really a lot of a priority for you. Like at your health, if anything, if somebody in your family, God forbid, gets diagnosed with something, your health should be then your first priority because now you know that something runs in the family. Let's do everything that we can to keep you moving to prevent anything on or uh, early onset, let's prevent anything that, you know, we can from you being stagnant, right? Like that should be a top priority. You, you shouldn't. And that person too would be really, really fucking upset with you. They'd be really upset with you if you just stop moving and stop taking care of yourself, right? That doesn't have to be the first thing to go out the window, but I think it's okay to give yourself permission to just have a season of your life or even, and seasons look different. It could be two weeks. It could be two years. Seasons are so different for every person, but it's okay to give yourself acceptance to have what people would call a lazy season in your life and not go balls to the wall with every single workout, every single exercise and every single phase of this fitness journey. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'd love to kind of flip that question you had for me on to you. Uh, do you have, you know, strategies or, or something that you do to like find that acceptance sometimes with, you know, negative body image thoughts or anything like that? Yeah, of course. I mean, logic plays a lot into, I'm a very logical person. I always have been logic plays a lot into it. I always take inventory of like what I'm doing in that season, what I'm, you know, who I'm around because that plays a huge effect too. You know, like if I'm, if I've met friends in this season where they like to go out and eat all the time, you know, and I'm not somebody who will ever say yes to going to eat all the time. Like I can probably count on both hands, how many times a year I go out to eat. Like I don't, I, I rarely leave my house when I go to eat. Like I, I cook most of my meals because I enjoy it. It's not because I don't like to, it's because I enjoy cooking. Right. And I, I enjoy having the control of what I put in my body. And that's just something that I enjoy, but I still take into consideration, you know, like there are the extra days where I will go out to eat with them. Right. And there will be the extra days where they want to go do different activities or they want to hang out versus, you know, and that maybe it was a time where I was supposed to go to the gym, but I was like, you know what, I do live one life. And sometimes I live, I, I like to, you know, live a little on the edge and go, you know, instead of go to the gym. Right. Which is crazy to say that it's living on the edge for me, but it is, you know, like I breaking my routine is something I don't do normally. Okay. And so, or if there's a season where I'm staying, staying up a little bit later, right. Sleep is a huge function of recovery. It is a huge priority for anybody who is going through a journey like this. Okay. So maybe I'm not getting enough sleep, whatever it is, you have to take inventory of everything that is in your life at that time and look at the expectations you had and be like, is this reality? Like, are these expectations actually sustainable? If I, and if you can honestly answer, no, let it go, let it go, like stop stop trying to hound yourself, stop trying to find every which way to be like, well, I could have done that. And then the, and all you're doing is destroying yourself, you know, like that's all you're doing. But if you accept the fact that, Hey, I didn't give my best effort. That's okay. I have this whole other season to do it, or I have all the rest of the seasons of my life to do it and not giving it as an excuse, but more or less of acceptance of like, okay, I can move away from that. I'm going to move into this next one. And I'm going to hit the ground running. Because that's what this is about, right? Like if you have a if you have a terrible week of lifts, right? And a lot of my clients will come to me and be like, well, what if I'm going on vacation? And what if I, or what if I wanted to go out to eat and I wanted to have this? Okay. It's not about not going out to eat. It's about going out to eat, choosing something that is respecting your body 
And if you want to indulge in dessert, indulge in dessert. Don't feel like shit. Get up the next morning and get right back to it. That's what matters. It's not, it's not, there's no, the challenge is not in what should I eat? The challenge is in how I can get right back to it and not feel like a piece of shit. Yes. The challenge is in how you respond and not letting the mind spirals. That's what the, yep. hundred percent. That is, that is 99% of any of this journey, any of this industry is not letting your mind spiral, not going down that deep rabbit hole that you would have before, but relying on the person that is coaching you to walk you through like, Hey, listen, it is okay that if you, if you, you know, broke your healthy eating habits this week and you decided to get a pizza because you really couldn't stand not getting it. Okay. Let's talk about why, but you don't have to feel bad for it because you are a human being and we'll get right back to it. And it's, I promise you, it's not going to set you back either. I promise you it's okay. Yeah, for sure. It's like looking at it with curiosity. Yeah. Like being curious, all right, what came up for you? Like, why is this kind of happening? And being as objective as possible with it instead of, you know, oh, I feel so, sh- you know, shameful. And then it's the spirals and then you don't want to address it. And then it comes back up. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. but so also, I- you don't have to, you also don't have to always have a reason for it. Human beings just have cravings. Yeah. Like, surprise, we just, that we're human, we do have cravings. You don't have to always have an excuse for it. Maybe you just wanted it. Okay, fucking cool. Then get it. Like, <laughs> awesome. Then let's get right back to it the next day, right? Like that, it doesn't always have to be this like underlining meaning. Maybe we just wanted some pizza. Okay, cool. Absolutely. You yeah, there's, there's times where clients will bring this up and there's there's a time to like dive into it. And just like you're saying, there's a time to be like, all right, like let's move forward. You know, let's, yeah. you know, overthink people always want a meaning for everything, right? People always want to be like, well, why did I, or like, you know, I'm feeling extra hungry this week. Okay. Doesn't mean we have to add a thousand calories on, right? Like it doesn't, maybe your body is just reacting differently. Maybe you haven't been, maybe you've been more active because, you know, you started your volleyball league and you've got it three nights this week. Okay. Well, or you did a volleyball tournament this weekend or whatever, or a pickleball tournament, something, and you exerted a little bit more energy. Doesn't mean we have to add all the calories in right now. You just did a little bit extra. Like, that's it. Like, don't, you're going to be a little bit hungry for a couple of days. Like that's, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, yeah, maybe the deficit is actually kind of like kicking in slash, you know, hunger, not being like an emergency is something I like to remind myself is like hunger is normal when it comes, mm-hmm. if you're in a, if you're pursuing a fat loss phase. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what I like to repeat is like hunger is not an emergency. Cause I'll feel that. And I'll be like, okay, gotta eat like right now. It's like, wait, actually, this is, this is like what I'm trying to do. Like this yeah. is, this is normal. Right. Cause our human brain, our monkey brain is like, okay, hungry. We need food, you know? Yeah. But, you know, knowing that, all right, we're being intentional about, you know, going in a direction of fat loss and our body doesn't want to do that always. It's, it's oftentimes like, it just wants to survive. It wants to, you know, have as much, you know, food and safety. So yeah, like being okay and knowing that that is normal. And something you were saying before that it really, I think what kind of encompasses that point is like making sure your expectations for your results are lining up with how you're showing up, right? Making sure that there isn't like a discrepancy in your mind of like, you know, maybe you haven't been hitting your nutrition. Maybe you've been missing workouts, whatever it is. And then you're like, like, why am I not making progress? Like I'm doing these things, but it's like, Hey, like, let's actually look back. 
you know, like, what are we, how is our week looking? And like, what is maybe, you know, being the ball being dropped? Like, did we, (laughs) did we not sleep for like two nights or, you know, like making sure those things line up. So I thought that was a really awesome kind of like just point to, to touch on for people is like kind of like being real with yourself sometimes. Oh, there's something that I tell almost all my clients and is, listen, if you have not hit the exact amount of water that you needed to intake this week, okay. On a daily basis, if you did not hit every one of your meals without throwing a whole bunch of shit on it. Okay. If you did not hit every workout to the fullest of your extent, you can't come complain to me. That's it. Because these results are a byproduct of the amount of energy you've put into all of this, all of these different categories. If you haven't slept perfectly, you can't like you, you just cannot come to me and complain about the lack of results. If you are not willing to put the work in on every single front. Right. And that seems scary to people, but at the end of the day, it's the same thing. If you were to give be given a task at work, right? Your job gives you a new client to take on. You're going to do everything in your power to make sure you get that perfect for your job. Why wouldn't you give yourself the same respect? Right? Like why, why would you not take into consideration? Okay. This is everything that I need to do on a daily basis to hit this goal that I have really, really thought out and sought out for myself. I need to give myself the respect these next six months, this next year, this next two years, to really fulfill what I want because it's my life and it's nobody else's. And I want to look damn good naked. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so why wouldn't, why wouldn't I give myself the respect to do that? But do not come to me. If you've gone out to eat five times out of the seven days this week, and you've only ate three meals out of the five and you have slept a total of 48 hours in the last five days. Like, don't come to me and ask me why I can't give you that answer. That's somebody. And the crazy part is us as coaches, we're also not failing you. If that's the reason don't start thinking that. Okay. Because I have to put my foot down there and be like, I'm doing everything I can on this side. I can't provide you. I cannot sit there and hold your hand. In fact, that would ruin this process for you. I don't want to hold your hand. I want you to come to me and be like, hey, today I feel like having, I don't know, sweet potatoes instead of rice. Okay, great. Do you think this would be an acceptable amount? Or even then I'll tell you the amount to be able to substitute for it, right? Great, awesome. Now, next time you don't have to ask me. If you feel like just subbing it out, you sub it out. Awesome. But if I have to hold your hand the entire time, that takes away from the entire program. Because in six months, a year, two years, whatever it is, when I set you free into the wild, you should be able to do all of that yourself. Because you asked the questions, because you put the work in, because you trial and error. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. Yeah. And a lot of this comes back to like taking personal responsibility. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Stop putting it on so many other things or making excuses. Take personal responsibility for your actions. If you're not fulfilling everything, you did not fail. And it doesn't mean you need to be like, hey, this actually isn't for me because I can I don't have the time to allot to this. I can't do no, you do. You're just not making it. Anybody has the time to do it. Anybody will make the time to do it if it means that much to them. And it's, it's also, I can only show you the value as much as possible from my side. You have to be fully bought in and see the value for yourself. And if you don't, it isn't going to work anyways. Yep. 
Yeah. And like, if this is going to look different from person to person, like, you mm -hmm. know, the person who has more time on their hands versus like a busy mom, but it's like really, you know, what we're trying to kind of get across here is like, wherever you're at in life, who mm -hmm. can make the time to have an exercise routine, whether that's, you know, whether you want to be in the gym for, you know, an hour or five days a week, or if you want to be working out at home for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, you can absolutely make that work in, you know, your life and, and, you know, giving a hundred percent, like we're talking about can also look different like week to week. Right. So it's like, you know, sometimes just like we were talking about before, like mentally you're having a really rough week. It's like, did you still show up for yourself? Did you give a hundred percent with what you had to give and, you know, kind of not let that, let, not let the spirals happen. Right. 60% that week, maybe you're hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's about giving your best. And, you know, I think it's important to kind of like add that here because, oh my gosh, when, you know, like it's just like we're talking about, it's how you respond that's the most important. And like when I have a week that might be like off, I notice that how I mentally choose to respond gives the biggest difference in my ability to move forward. If I'm like, God, Anna, you're such a screw up. Like you're, you know, you're whatever. It's like, all right, no, that actually wasn't helpful for me. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna give myself some compassion, right? And compassion is oftentimes misconstrued. And people think that that means like letting themselves off the hook. Yeah. But in reality, it's kind of giving your past self kindness and, you know, being able to look at, all right, maybe, maybe something happened. Maybe like what came up for you? What can we learn? slash maybe it's just hey we need to just get back on our shit and like yes. yeah. forward, you know i love that you said that compassion is not an excuse i love that because you're right like you need to be nice to yourself but you need to be stern with yourself as well right you can be nice and be stern at the same time like hey listen it's cool that you didn't you know or i actually not even that i acknowledge the fact that this week i didn't put in as much effort as i could have Okay, but you really need to get on this. So let's do this because you deserve this. You've worked your ass off for so many years, so many people, and you need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself too. You know, maybe you're a mom that has a family and you're like, I'm giving everything to everybody all the time. This is my time that I deserve to feel sexy and look good and be mentally okay. Let's buckle down and do this. You know, like that, that is something that you deserve, right? Like that is something that you need in your life. And so having a compassion, if there's a week that you didn't do your best, that's great, but be stern with yourself and be like, but we need to get on this. Like we need to do this because one, not only are you paying for it, like that's crazy in itself. Like you should be taking full advantage. If you're paying for it, take full advantage of it. But also too, as a human being, you deserve it. And having the acceptance and giving yourself the reassurance that you do deserve it, right? Like giving yourself the go ahead that you're like, yeah, I do deserve this in my life. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I work with a lot of women who have just like, they've maybe tried over and over and over and it becomes like, you know, a fixed mindset issue where it's like, I don't know if I can do this. And like, really, just like you're saying, like truly believing, Hey, this time can and will be different. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let my past continue to dictate my future because that's just letting past like play out. And like, 
that cycle continue. But instead, like we're kind of we're talking about the ways to stop that cycle and, you know, to start choosing different, to start choosing to respond differently to the hiccups because we all have them. Yeah. Right? And like that's the that difference. Yeah. You know? So I, I want to segue the conversation a bit here. Yeah, yeah uh, go ahead. So Jameson, I was so excited to talk to you about these these things that I totally stepped over hearing about your journey. So I would love if you could share with our audience a little bit about your personal fitness journey and your journey becoming a coach. Yeah, absolutely. So it all started, my mom is my biggest supporter and my best friend. And she is the reason that I'm in this industry alone. She has been, she looks phenomenal. She is a beautiful woman who is 50. Oh God, mom, please don't get mad at me if I get this wrong. 54. I think she looks 29 though. Okay. So she looks phenomenal. She took, she's taking great care of herself and she's the reason I got into the gym. So she, that was kind of our way of bonding when I was growing up was I saw that she was in the gym all of the time and she wanted to take care of herself all of the time. Right. And I, in high school, wanted nothing to do with that. I wanted to be social. I wanted to, you know, go to the parties. I wanted to throw the parties, all these different things. Okay. And eventually one day I was like, you know what, mom, fine. I'll go with you to the gym. Went to the gym one time, never looked back after that. I don't know what it was, but it just hooked me from the very beginning. And after that, and that was, I mean, like, again, that was in high school. And after that, her and I just had so much fun bonding over that. And then I started to fall in love. I was always a science kid in general. Like I was really, really good at biology. That was the one thing that I was really good at in high school. And so I was always infatuated with the human body and food sciences in specific and like the manipulation of how you can, you know, or how you can manipulate the body based off of like what you put into it. Right. And the amount of energy you exert. So I started to dive a lot deeper into that. And I just became obsessed, like thoroughly obsessed. Like at the time I was living in my dad's house and like the apartment below his house. So he had like a holy, like a fully renovated, like apartment below his, like the top level. And I had that as like my own apartment. Right. And I like didn't leave that place for so long. Cause all I would do in my free time was just do research about this. I don't know. I was insane. It was wild, but got me where I am today, which is nice. Nevertheless, I, I just fell in love with doing that. And I fell in love with being able to help people find, because I found a lot of confidence when I went to the gym, I found a lot of confidence and being able to see, like, I thought it was so cool to see progress and to gain muscle. And, you know, like it was part of becoming what I thought was, you know, a man right at the time. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm getting all this muscle. I look so good, you know, like, and then I started to gain more track or like more attention from women you know? And I was like, oh, this is great. Like all these things are lining up. Right. And then I hit kind of like a spurt of where like I had a downward, I had my, I think I had my first instance of like body dysmorphia. Right. And I had like, I had this like downward spiral and I was like, what is this even for all this stuff, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. We all hit that place. Right. And I, I, at that time, like thought to myself and I was like, it's, it's a lot more than just looking good. Right. And so I looked at my mom and I was like, I really like I I want to teach people how to do this without having to be worried about how they look all of the time. Right. A lot of a lot more of it is about how you feel, because like and like the, some of the times that I look the greatest 
right? Like I have a majority of the photos on my Instagram of where I look like the best shape I've ever been in. I was miserable. I felt so terrible. I was starving all of the time. I was so dehydrated. It was rough. I remember one day and specifically one time and specifically that I got, I did like a prep for a cruise. Okay. It was a modeling cruise. And I can remember that the day before the shoot, I had maybe like two caps full of water. Wild. Oh. I, yeah, yeah. I, it was so like so bad. And on the, the worst part was, is like I carb loaded the night before. So I had pasta the night before. And I, that same morning I had bagels, but I wasn't able to like wash it down with anything. And so it was just miserable. Like, and at what expense was I, was I ready to let myself fucking choke on food and die because I wanted to look good, you know, like that's crazy to me. And so all that to be said, I found a sense of comfortability and confidence and feeling good, being healthy, having a good routine because, oh, I'm a sucker for a good routine. Like you, you wake up, you, if you want to go for a run, you go for a run right? It's that structure. It's that discipline. I, I, when I first little backstory on me, I went to college at Pittsburgh state university. Okay. In Pittsburgh, Kansas, I got a degree in drinking for sure. Okay. I, it was rough, like <laughs> beer pong all day long. It was, it was rough. And I, I got a 1.7 GPA. That's hard to get. Like that is like, you have to really not want to do anything to get a 1.7, right? Even some of like the worst kids are like, mm, I'm coming out like a 2.0, okay? I just didn't care. And all I did was drink and I had no structure to my life, no real meaning. It was after that year of doing that, that I was like, this is, my life is much more than this. My life is about much more than this, right? And so I then took the next, I think it was the next six months that I came home. I was the most disciplined I've ever been in my life. And from there, that's, that's what like, made me obsessed with it was I had the most strict routine ever. I was working in finance at the time. I was going to school at my community college here. I had got my grade point average from a 1.7 to a 3.4. And I was just, I, I mean, like I couldn't be bothered. And it was the greatest thing in the world. And I was so happy at that time because I was so confident. People don't understand that like confidence is something that is built over time. It is not something you just give yourself permission one day. Like I have confidence and then it's there. You can't, like it just doesn't exist. But if you build confidence over time and it's compounded of you telling yourself you're going to do something and then you actually follow through with it, that's what matters, right? And so I saw that, I found that confidence through the discipline that I was able to have in that time period. And I was like, I want to teach other people how to do this. I think that'd be really, really cool. And I remember it's the craziest story. The, re the, the way that I got into this industry was I was in the locker room. I was in the locker room of my local gym and I was at the best shape of my life at the time. Okay. And I, I think I was just coming out of the sauna and I had like just a towel around me, no shirt, whatever. And this guy, his name was Paul. Shout out to Paul, even though he was also not very nice to me. He's the one that kicked off my career. He was like, hey, do you do personal training? I had never done it in my entire life. And I was like, absolutely, 100%. And he's like, do you want to train me? I was like, for sure. You know what we did after that? We went and we met for coffee. I, on a piece of paper, I, I think I still have the paper. I don't know where, but I think I still have it in one of my drawers. I wrote down like this entire plan in front of him, for him. And like, it was... 
the jankiest thing in the entire world. And it was definitely like, you know, now granted I charged them like, a, I don't know, like $60. I think it was like $60 every two weeks or something like that. Right. It was like nothing at the time, but I, you would have thought I had just found a billion dollars. Like I was like, I can get paid for this. This is the craziest thing. Yes. Oh my God. Like I'm going to do what I love and I'm going to get paid for it. That's wild. Now, fast forward to today. Nobody tells you that if you take something that you really love and that you're really passionate about and that it is, it is majority of a hobby for you at that time, when you turn it into a business, the, the, the unfortunate reality is it's never the same. I still absolutely love it to death. Wouldn't change it for the world but it's more about the business and less about the fun now. You know what I mean? And so at that time I was like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta find a way. We gotta find a way to like find more people. I was playing volleyball at the time and I was just cut to shit. I was cut up. Like I was looking so good again, miserable, but looking so good. And I had a couple of people come up to me at volleyball and like do personal train. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. 100%. And so at this time I had, a couple bands. I think I had like a set of like weighted bands that I would I literally every day, I would just pick my bands up. I'd go to my car and I'd drive to each person's house every single day. And I was like, I, this is, this is, this is so cool. This is amazing. And at that time, then I was like, you know, I want to reach a lot more people without having to drive to 70 million people's houses. And so then I, that's, that's when online started. And at that time too, I was like, I had started my social media presence and I was like, I just want to start posting for the hell of it. Like I see all these people posting online. Why not? Like nobody's me. Why not try? Right. And so people started to take a liking to me as a person because I was just goofy and I posted whatever and I was consistent about it. And it was just, I was just having the time of my life doing it. And then I one day was like, Hey, I'm taking clients on. And I had this like flood of people be like, yep, I'm in. Yep. I'm in. And I was like, this is happening. This is happening. And now lucky enough, fast forward to today, I am in a position where I have a wait list of, I think now it's over like 300 people. And I get to be a lot more selective of who I get to train and be in contact with. And I only take 15 people at a time because that's all I want to take because I want it to be very interpersonal and I want it to be, they have the time allotted to them, the proper time for me to give the attention to them. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my story. That's freaking awesome. Jameson. I love hearing the evolution and it's, it's really cool just to kind of hear like there's a ton of similarities that I have to you. And one of them being, the phase of doing nothing but just learning and like being so obsessed with like mm -hmm. into all the things. And that was really kind of what catapulted me as well as like, all right, yeah, I want to make this my career. I love it. I'm passionate about it. And, you know, with all that research, I, I find it to be kind of a cool like point for people is like, you know, don't let that research become something that takes away from the action or takes starts to negatively impact your life. Like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, you know, hire a coach, leave that to your coach to do. 
Yeah. Right. But when you start to, all you do is you see all these different people's journeys and what everyone's doing and the new thing and the new, this, it's like, it can almost sometimes lead to anxiety. And so like sometimes, Hey, like let's look internally, like let's, let's take the focus back to you and kind of like have some of that tunnel vision I find can be a really great uh, mindset for, for most people. Absolutely. Your story. Give me your story. So a little bit about me. So if you, for any of listeners uh, listening, if you want a deeper dive on my story, I have a whole podcast episode on that. But so for this conversation, I'll, I'll share a little bit just with what really, you know, resonates, especially with what we're talking about mm-hmm. is the, you know, multiple times I've, I've been kind of in that, I guess you might call it like downward spiral. Like I've gone through that, like multiple times in different ways for with different reasons and different seasons of my life to where it's almost like, dang, like, you know, I just want to catch a break real quick. But I really think that like me having these kind of like highs and lows in my journey is what's made me a better coach and what's been able to teach me the most. So like in hindsight, I kind of like see why I was put through these issues with like I was struggling with binge eating, then I was struggling with like emotional eating for different reasons. And then it was like hormone issues. And so just kind of being able to learn a ton has been awesome. But so I got into it similarly as you as I stopped, I stopped playing soccer. I was like, okay, what do I do with myself? I'm going to start lifting. And I got to the world and I saw, oh my gosh, you can build muscle. You can change your body. You can manipulate, you know, your nutrition to what goals you have. And like, there's so much to learn. So I was obsessed with it. And I was obsessed with just the whole process and seeing, you know, what you could achieve. And so I went down the rabbit hole and what was pretty cool is I was lifeguarding for a summer and I'm telling you, no one came to the pool ever. I laid in the little lifeguard room on my phone and I, I think I watched the whole entire fitness industry for like a full summer. All I did was watch people's stories and look at exactly what they were doing. I was, you know, seeing who I trusted, you know, who was like actually qualified people to learn from such as like Lane Norton and people like that. And like what discerning, like what I didn't want to like associate with, but also like learning how to bring nuance to my viewing of people on the internet learned from that season was like, you know, just because you see someone doing this, it doesn't mean like you have to let that mean anything for yourself, nor does Mm -hmm. things have to be black or white, which I think is something that a lot of people have a hard time with when they consuming social media, like someone will say something one way and then they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's fact, that's what it is. But actually like there's oftentimes a lot of nuance underneath what is being shown or said. So anyways, that's a little bit of a tangent. No. But, but yeah, that was like where I really became very passionate about what I was trying to pursue. And then from there, I was researching the different certifications that I wanted to get. I got a couple different, you know, personal training, nutrition coaching. Then I started diving into the like mindset and behavior change side of things. And I went through the certifications with Casey Joe's certifications, HMCC, and those were game changing for like learning how to, you know, how to really communicate with clients in a different way that's going to, you know, help facilitate a growth mindset and kind of like helping them, helping guide people to through change, right? And so that have been like what I, the side of things that has been what I'm most passionate about. But 
you know, throughout this time of getting certified, I was also figuring out my own journey, figuring out, I right, do I want to pursue powerlifting, right? Do I want to, you know, dive into aesthetics? And I'm still kind of the person who I want to do it all. And right now I kind of am doing it all. And I'm being okay with the fact that, yeah, I'm not going to be the most jacked or the most strong or the best at jujitsu or the best at running, but I want to do it all because I love it. And like, yeah. you know, that's kind of where I've been at recently. And the past couple years, I have, I really feel like I've mastered the mental skills of this whole journey, yeah. right? Before I was Mrs. Structured, Mrs. Disciplined, like I, you know, I was perfect with hitting my macros, this and that. And then I have this whole like, all right, what, just like you were saying, what is the meaning of this? What is the meaning of life? Da, 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 you know, I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. And, you know, just yeah. the confusion of being a young adult. And so through that, I think I really kind of learned like, all right, how am I going to integrate my values into my life and actually live my life and not just be a disciplined robot and feel good. And so through my journey, I've, I've really learned to come to a place with like the, it's kind of like the masculine and feminine energy of things. It's like the structure and then the flow, because for a long time, I was only structure. And that was the only way I knew how to thrive. And then I almost started, I think, to like rebel against that. And I was like, I'm just going to flow. I just want to flow. Like I, you know, I'm over this, whatever. And so then I started leaning into that and I'm like, all right, I don't feel good here either. So the answer is structure to create space for flow. So like actually being a balanced human and adult, you know, kind of learning, all right, I, even though I could work on my business all day, every day, and I can always be grinding and that's what I love to do. I am going to intentionally have a pause and let myself chill. Like there's some days where still like I work, you know, through the night or whatever, but oftentimes I am pausing and I'm letting myself just, you know, do my makeup like for fun or just like sit in silence. Like I was for so long, just always like hungry and pushing for, you know, learning or this or that. And like really learning to have boundaries with that. And, you know, with, with the structure, with the discipline, like that's what for me helps create the ability to have space for flow. So yeah, that's kind of like a different perspective I took on like my journey, which I, yeah, I don't think I've ever shared before. So those are kind of like some of my biggest lessons. And I think a lot of that is just, you know, becoming a adult and also in a, in a industry or, or a career path where I don't have to show up for a nine to five. I have to create everything, you know, myself and I have to create that structure. And, you know, without that, it's really easy to just, you know, all of a sudden you're like, dang, it's 4 PM. And like, I feel like I've been doing things, but like, have I been like, you know, and, and so it's really, it's, it's a lot to navigate, but yeah, it's kind of like my life and my fitness journey are so closely like one and the same. So yeah, that's, that's a bit about me. I love that. That's amazing. That's, that was a, a very incredible and unique perspective on it. I love that. That's, and it's the first time everybody's hearing it too, apparently. So yeah, yeah, I, like, get the, I get the first inside scoop on that. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've always shared, you know, just about 
where I've been with training, where I've been with like relationship with food, which I think is, you know, it's great to hear, but also like, that's my very like zoomed out, very like meta philosophical, like, mm-hmm. you know, learn like lessons from my journey. Yeah. I love that. What's, what's something that you take every day with you, like either a saying or a quote or anything, what is something that you live by every single day that you kind of take with yourself throughout the day? Shoot. That's such a cool question. Cause I think I have a lot and I'd love to hear this from you as well. So something that I often like to repeat to myself is if it were easy, everyone would do it. Right. And like, that's what really pushes me to be able to do the hard things to, you know, schedule a podcast with you, to, you know, to train myself and push myself when I could easily go sit on the couch or, you know, to like have a hard conversation when I could easily not, you know, it's like, all right, if I want these things, like it's not going to be easy and it's, nor is it supposed to be. And like being uncomfortable is one of my like top core values is like when I start to be, I guess like too, you know, too comfortable. I'm like, all right, like what's the next thing? What's the next challenge where I am going to push myself out of my comfort zone. And that's where I grow. And when I grow, I'm my happiest. So that's one is if it were easy, everyone would do it. Mm -hmm. I like to remind myself, you can do hard things. That's just like a really simple one that, that, and yeah, I, I think that that's really that's really the biggest one that comes up for me. I'm going to think on more, but I want to hear from you next if there's any that come up for you. If there's anything that I live by on a daily basis, there's a couple of things. I think one one quote that I live by is wherever you go, there you are. And I say that because, you know, I think in a time where people always want to be relevant to everybody and they want to seek approval from strangers on the internet and they want to always live everybody else's life instead of their own. I think that it's so prevalent to be, to understand that no matter where you go, you can move states, you can move occupations, you can move countries. You're always going to be with yourself. You've got to be okay with that. You've got to be okay with the person that you are because you can't escape that. You don't get to just go to the store and change out who you are as a person, right? Like you can't go buy a new one of those. And guess what? You only have yourself to be because everybody else is taken, you know? And so I always live by wherever you go, there you are, because like you can go anywhere, but you're always going to be with yourself. And so you got to be okay with that. You got to get okay with that. And then the second thing is, is it's a very simple, kind of like your second one, um, but it's you, you really only live one lifetime. And so it's crazy to me that some people are not trying to live it to the fullest of the extent right? Like there is a little side bar about me is I have a terrible relationship with money. Okay. I have a terrible, I just, I save and save and save and I barely ever let myself spend money. Okay. Which some people would be like, that's not a terrible relationship. No, it is. Trust me. It's crippling because there's a lot of times where I want to go. There's been times where I've walked 30 minutes to a coffee shop. I really wanted to go to, I'd get two feet outside of the coffee shop and be like, you know what? I could save the $6. I got coffee at home and I would walk back home. That's wild. Okay. <laughs> it's, bad. And so I am trying to learn to adapt this into my everyday life of like, Hey, if you want to go and you know, if your friends invite you to go to dinner, go eat dinner with them, you know, because those memories are worth much more than the $30 it's going to take out of your bank account. Right. 
And at the same time, every like there have been so many days in the content creation world specifically where I'm like, God, I don't want to film today. God, like I don't, I don't look good. I don't feel good. I don't, I don't like it's overwhelming what kind of setup I want to do or what kind of video I want to shoot or what kind of sound I'm going to put over it. Now I have to scroll to find a sound that I want to put over it. All of these things are just so overwhelming. I don't want to do it. But then I have to check myself back into reality of like anybody would give an arm and a leg to be in the position that you are in Jameson. Like so many people would be so lucky to be where you are because you are so lucky to be where you are. And so you live one lifetime. It's not like an amusement park. You don't get to come back and ride the rides again. Once you're gone, you're fucking gone, right? Like that, that's a lot of the reason why I carry myself the way that I do as far as like being as nice as I am as a human being to people. Like I don't want to be mean to people. You have one lifetime to live. Why would you want to be known for being an ass? Like that's real. Like why would you want to be known for being a rude person? Nobody wants that. And so like if somebody can benefit from me being nice or complimenting them, in the day that I go about my life, like that, great, wonderful, awesome. But I don't want to live this life half-ass. I don't want to live this life, you know, thinking, what if? I don't want to get to the end of it and be like, what if I would have done that? I want to be okay and sound and accepting in the choices that I made in my life. And then at the end of it, die a happy man. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I love that. And, and it's kind of coming full circle with the first point you had is like, be where you are. Like, and know that you're the only person who you're, you know, you're always going to be with. You have to be okay with that. And like, this kind of comes to a big theme that I think is seriously ruining our society is the amount of distractions, the ability to find instant gratification in anything. Yep. Like you can literally numb away all of your emotions, all of your pain, not think about anything, go through life unconsciously because you know you can watch a movie you could you know stuff your face with something to make you feel better to you know then you could go like drink or you could distract yourself with this like there's so many options and it's overconsumption it, yeah it's overconsumption and it's distractionism it's it's really you know we could <laughs> i don't want to get too much into things yeah, yeah, yeah. the control of you know the people and how they're trying to control the people whatever but you know really i make it personally, like a top, I guess, like core value again, is like, I do not want to live my life unconsciously and a slave to my phone or to, you know, this or that, like I value my freedom and also like living a conscious like lifestyle and discerning, you know, being able to discern, you know, what I want to do and when I want to do it and not being like addicted to my phone or, you know, a slave to my, you know, desires with food or whatever it might be. And so that's something that I think is really important to look about on, look at on like a health journey is like, what has control over you and what do you need to do to let, get rid of that? Like for me, your environment for it. Exactly. Yeah. And so for me, a big one that I notice is when I'm starting to feel like more uncomfortable emotions, like I'm, maybe I'm going through a lot Social media is a really easy thing that I will get like so sucked into it. And sometimes like, I'm like, why am I not able to like stop myself? Like what is happening? I've been doing that so often lately. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> yeah. it is, it's bad. I'll be like, I'll be on it for hours. And I'll be like, what am I doing here? But I, I can't know. stop. I know literally they're designed to be so addictive and it's the easiest scapegoat to actually feeling your emotions, which for me, I find like paramount to my health and my mental health 
is like not letting shit like bottle up inside of me and then, you know, create stress. And then just my whole world just feels like it's out of control. And so what I've found I need to do is when I get into like a cycle or a mode where I'm, I notice I'm starting to do that and I'm not able to be moderate with my consumption is I literally delete it off my phone. And right now I don't have Instagram. I don't have YouTube shorts and I don't have Facebook because, and TikTok, which I didn't really go on TikTok before, but like those things like pull me in. And so I delete them off. And I'm telling you, I, I download Instagram probably two times a day and I post and maybe I engage a little bit. I respond to DMs, you know, whatever I need to do business-wise. And I delete it right back off. And I'm telling you, it is working so well for me. Like I've never felt so present, you know, regulated and calm. Like I just feel so much better. And I've done this multiple times before. And so I'm kind of like, I almost want to like keep this up, you know, like I'm just loving it a little bit. Like I, I probably- I would lose my marbles. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. If I deleted Instagram right now, I would lose my mind, which is so <laughs> sad to say. Like that is so sad that it's such a catalyst in my life that I'm like, I need this right now. Like no, I don't <laughs> need them actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like me just kind of having that reality check of like, all right, I'm I'm on this too much. And I realize that like I love consuming content. Like I find it to be inspiring and I learn yeah. and I connect with people, but also it become there's an extent, right? It becomes something more than helpful. Like it starts to become a negative thing for me. And so that's when I kind of check myself. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take a break. And it has been like game changing for me. So that's something I'm doing. And really what's really cool is like, there's a business suite app, which sometimes I'm posting stories from the business suite where you can only post, but you can't like scroll. And unfortunately you can't make it like cute with like music and like cute text. So that's kind of what I'm battling with, (laughs) but yeah, like that's what I've been doing. And, you know, I want to, I'm going to redownload it and get back to a place of like moderate consumption, but like I could feel like my dopamine receptors were just like fried. Like I was. Do you, do you ever feel like your head is like heavy? Like you, like your like brain is like like heavy, or like you feel like super foggy because of it? Yeah, like yeah, like so many negative side effects, and you know, I'm just I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, this is negative, so negatively impacts me. Like my ability to focus, my productivity, and you know, I'm just like, all right, I'm not going to let it get there. And I, re- I remind myself, like, I want to be a creator. I want to create and I want to produce. And I also like to consume, I consume, you know, content, I consume this and that, but it's like, when I'm only consuming, I'm like, you know, scroll, 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 scroll. I'm like, okay, what am I doing? You know? And so that's when I start to check myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I start to check myself and I start to get off the app when I come across just the dumbest videos, like the <laughs> I, I, I start to like see like three super dumb videos in a row. Like this was the, the, or if I see another person, like if you want to grow on TikTok in 2024, I'm going to shoot <laughs> the next something I see. Like it is bad. It's rough. It is. Or like these worst dating stories or I'm like, you guys give it a rest. Like yeah. I saw this, I saw a video yesterday, just really quick. I saw this video yesterday. This guy was like, I'll never, my, I met Taylor Swift and it was the worst experience of my life. And then the rest of the video was how she was a really nice person. That's the internet for you. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like how could I, that makes no sense to me. Like I have just never been somebody about like all the fake stuff. Like, and again, maybe that's why I'm not uh, in the millions of followers and that's okay with me. 
but I just can't like mislead people that hard. Like I can't do that. I don't know why. I don't know why people do that. That's, that's wild. That's so dumb. It, yeah. That's really like, it, it's out of integrity. Just you're doing that like very obviously for views and for engagement, which, you know, sometimes, but it, it, yeah, no, it depends on context, but so, yeah, so that's, that's like a, I think a core value that I kind of live by. I don't think I have like a saying for that, but something else I live by and I remind myself of is it goes kind of hand in hand with this is nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. And when I start to realize, all right, like I am unhappy with something in my life, like what am I going to do? What am I going to change? Right. Like instead of like sulking in like, oh, you know, I'm just, you know, a victim to this and that. And this, this just doesn't go right for it's me. It's so hard. Yeah. 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 It's like, all right. I always, always, always look back at myself and like, what part in that, what part am I playing in this? And if, if I'm not the one who's responsible, how am I going to change my response? Yeah. Right. So it's like, that's that personal responsibility. And like, you know, knowing that, all right, if I don't like something, if I don't like the trajectory that I'm on with X, Y, or Z, like I'm going to change it. So like nothing changes if nothing changes. And like, that's a really good, like kind of harsh reality reminder for yourself. Like, Hey, if you are not happy in your life, like do something about it. Like you, you can change it. Yeah. You could, you could literally change your entire life overnight. Like what I mean by that is if you're a nurse, you could literally quit your job right now and you could go do something else the next day. Like you could change your entire life overnight. It may be scary. Yeah, of course. Change is not, change is not for everybody. It's not for the faint of heart. You can do it. It's just a matter of willingness to do it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like to think about like you have so much power and that's what I find myself ruminating on like a lot which can sometimes become a bad thing for me. Like where I'm like, all right, like, which leads into this that I had one last point here, which is, mm -hmm. it's like an interesting paradox because both of these can coexist is like, yes. Like if you're unhappy, like nothing changes, if nothing changes, you can always change your life whenever you want, but also like sometimes recognizing when you are under this illusion that happiness is somewhere else, that you're going to be fulfilled somewhere else. And like, I just went through a little bit of a spiral with this where I'm like, you know, what, what's the meaning of life and what do I even want? And da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Like I've created something I'm so incredibly proud of. Like I have worked so hard and I, I love where I live. I love what I do. Like, why am I like searching like externally, like where I'm at and you know, what I have going, like I am happy and not just, not just because of what I've created in the externals, but because of, I just choose to be, and I choose to live my life in that way. And so, yeah, it's like an interesting, like they, both of these concepts can coexist, but I think they're important to like discern, like, all right, when are you letting this become, you know, something where you need to recalibrate and remind yourself that you can be happy now, but also like knowing that, Hey, like if you're unhappy with something you can, and you know, should go after changing it. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, happiness is such a fleeting feeling. Right. But I think that joy is something that lasts for a very long time. And so being joyful and like the everyday that is your life and grateful and having gratitude for, yeah, how far you've come yesterday. I was thinking about, um, you know, like, just some of the things, some of the resources that I could put together for my clients, you know, in my free time or whatnot. And I, I was thinking about like, you know, some sort of, you know, document and I was like, well, there's a PowerPoint that, you know, I could put together, you know, that they can go through just like basics of, you know, macros or whatever. Right. 
And I was like, oh man, I'm so bad at putting PowerPoints together. And then I realized that not even eight months ago, I put an entire PowerPoint presentation together and I did like an entire like speech in front of people on macros. Like, and I, I, that's some things I often like just pass over and forget. And like, I, I don't stop to like smell the roses. I don't stop to like, you know, think about that. And it's very hard to like reflect on that whenever all you want is more and more and more and more and more and the next thing and the next thing. And to take inventory of like what you have, what you've accomplished and to see reality for what it is of like, what really makes you happy, right? Like what really, like if, if I had a choice and money wasn't an object, I would go open a coffee shop right now and I wouldn't talk to anybody else. I don't care. I wouldn't, I would drop off the face of the earth and go own a coffee shop because being in coffee shops makes me happy. Seeing regulars makes me happy. Knowing their story, talking to people, that makes me happy. Providing happiness, it makes me happy. Sitting here in my living room making silly little videos doesn't necessarily make me happy, but it's an inst- it's a means to an end. You know what I mean? Like it's a means to doing something greater that I would like to do with my life. But what makes me happy is the little things and the little moments and the little interactions. When my best friend calls me just to, because they wanted to talk to me and or they share an, they share news with me before they share news with anybody else or, you know, walking in the door every day and my dog greets me like they haven't seen me and like she hasn't seen me in forever. But in reality, it's been five minutes like those little things are what happiness lies in. And I don't think people really take inventory of that every single day, but instead they're, they're always like, Oh my God, what, what next thing can I do today? What can I launch? What new business can I draw up? And I'm like, you haven't even created the first business. You haven't even, you, you don't, you haven't even created that business well enough to where you can step away from it to create another one. What do you think you're doing? You know? Yeah. It's so funny. I think this is hilarious because this is the this is the spiral my brain goes through where, you know, it's just like the body image stuff. It's like, all right, these are just thoughts. What yeah. are we going to let this mean? Okay. This, you know, I don't want to let this mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to mean anything. You can just have thoughts and be like, that was silly. And then move on with your day. You know what I mean? And you also too live in delusion if you want to, you know, if you want to, if one day you're like, man, I'd love to go buy a brand new car today. Can you really? Probably not. But you could live a delusion for a second and be like, yeah, what kind of car would you get? I would get this. And I put this on it. I get this on it. Okay, great. Cool. Awesome. Now we know it's not happening today, but maybe in the future. Awesome. Okay. Move on. You're manifesting it. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, that's so I don't think it has to have a whole lot of meaning behind it anyways, but I think that, yeah, I think that you can find joy in every day and it's, it's really, really important to take inventory of that and where you have been and where you, how much you've grown and what you've accomplished and not just let all of that pass by you to get onto the next thing. That's again, just going to pass by. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this conversation. I think to wrap it up, we could bring it back to the concept of body image. I think that you had some really like killer points on this and it ties into the happiness thing of, of like knowing that, you know, there's always more, there's always going to be someone who you view as like better than you in XYZ aesthetic or strength or whatever. And it's like being happy and appreciating how far you have come or where you're at and like, or, and, or like accepting Uh, and knowing that like what we see online isn't always what is reality. Because just like you were saying, when you, you said you look the best and your body image you know, or how you felt was, was the worst. Like I have the same thing. I was 
you know, on the outside, the most like shredded aesthetic I'd ever been. And I had the most effed up internal health. Like I was cold all the time. My digestion was screwed up. I had like no energy. I was always thinking about food. I was miserable. And it's crazy because that's what most people who are like insanely shredded, like, and we're seeing on the internet, like that's how a lot of them do feel. And like knowing that, knowing that like happiness doesn't come from, you know, necessarily like looking a certain way or like having a certain aesthetic, like it's happiness, confidence, joy, like whatever, like that is able to be created internally. And I truly believe that these things are created with how you show up, not from the outcomes. It's like, who are you being? I can change my state almost instantly. When I get on my shit, I all of a sudden I go from having the worst body image day the day before to like, dang, I'm feeling myself. I just had a great workout. Like I crushed it. Like I'm feeling fuller. Like I, I just did a hard thing. Like I'm instantly instantly more confident, more joyful, more happy. And that just reinforces to me the fact that this stuff comes from the inputs that we put it, that we put into, not the outcomes, the, you know, how we show up and, you know, how you really go about your life and who you're embodying. That's what I truly, you know, have found to make the biggest difference for me. And it's really cool when, you know, you start with a new client and you see them so soon, like just have such like a positive shift, they start to go, oh my gosh, like I'm doing it. Like I can do this. And it just compounds from there. Well, I think it's a bitter, I think it's a a different form of aesthetics instead of it being like you're shredded to the bone. I think the aesthetic is the life that is put together, that the mental health is good, that you're getting to things on time, that your children are happy because you're happy. Your husband's happy because you're happy. Your wife's happy because you're happy, right? You have a happy household. You have, you know, you have more energy during the day to play with your kids or to go and hang out with your friends. You're smiling more often, which is putting a radiant vibe into the world. Like that's the aesthetic that I think people realistically want, but they can't put their finger on it. And so that they tie it to what their mind or what their eyes can see, which is, you know, being shredded because that's what the internet shows you. But I think there's an aesthetic outside of that. And it is just a happy lifestyle and like the being okay with yourself mentally. I love, I love it. You like say that is like, that's the aesthetic. Like it's so true. Like that at the end of the day is what matters is like, are you on a daily basis? Do you like what you do? Do you, do you feel good? And like, then yeah, like aesthetics and whatever, like that kind of like side of things can be like a really cool byproduct of you living your best life in alignment, showing up for yourself, like, you know, giving yourself that respect and uh, putting that effort into you. So Jameson, I freaking love this conversation. Do you have anything you want to leave our listeners with as we are hopping off? No, I just think that I wanted to say that I appreciate you having me on again. This is incredible. And I hope that everything flourishes for you. You're a wonderful human being. Everybody listening, please continue to listen to this podcast because I know that she's going to put incredible things out into the world. And I hope that everybody has an incredible day, whether it's day or night, whenever you're listening. So thank you so much for having me. Seriously. It's amazing. Thank you so much, Jameson. Thank you for your kind words and all of that. I want to, you know, say back to you and thank you for coming on. And finally, where can the listeners find you? Uh, Instagram is jameson.lang. TikTok is jameson.lang as well. And that's all I have so far. I'm thinking about starting YouTube, possibly we'll see. I don't know. It's a lot of work. It really is. It's a lot out here, but thank you, Jameson. Hope you have a good rest of your day and everyone listening. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye guys.